You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. This is a episode from our Patreon feed from a couple of years ago about the pilgrimage of grace. And, you know, it seemed relevant after a Catherine Howard episode. So I hope you enjoy, even though it is a bummer. Oh, it sounds like I had a cold, so I hope that doesn't bother anybody too much. But yeah, if you're new, we curse a lot on this show. Cheers, bitches. All right, so none of that had anything to do with the Pilgrimage of Grace. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely nothing. But that is what we are here to mainly talk about today. It is a bummer, but it's interesting. Yes, because we talked about Jane Seymour in our last episode. And we talked about how whenever she tried to beg Henry VIII to take mercy on the people in the Pilgrimage of Grace, and he was like, bitch, stay in your lane. And she was like, okie (laughs) dokie. That was a direct quote. Direct quote. (laughs) Okie dokie. Jane Seymour. <laughs> so what is the pilgrimage of grace so like in a nutshell it's like a march of these homeless monks that led to an uprising in northern england during the reign of, reign of henry the eighth this was whenever he had formally split from it's the not Catholic really religion. it's not really a march of monks i'm sure that like there were definitely some people That's on what the re- started it the religious order in it but like it ended up being just like the biggest uprising against the monarchy since you know, like since the end of like serfdom. Well, I mean, in, he in broke the UK, away from England. the Catholic Church, which is and back huge. then, so of yeah, course, of course, there's going to be some riots. I mean, because back then there was no such thing as separation of church and state. No. Church was state. You know, this so. is one of the things that made us want to separate church and state. And so, <laughs> for the king to come in and be like the the religion of all of your family and all of your ancestors and everything you've ever known, like the cornerstone of your life, yeah. That's gone. <laughs> so you're starting from scratch. But it's like, so whenever he first split with the church, the people more or less were like, well, you know, we saw Thomas More get his head cut off. So we're just going to roll with it. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to roll with our heads not rolling. Sorry, I had to. I know. That was that was, not was too juicy. It was too good. So a number of things led to this whole riot. One of them, obviously, is Henry and the Catholic Church divorcing Catherine of Aragon. You know, maybe you've heard of her. Also, the Catholics kind of were deal. pretty pissed off that he had executed Anne Boleyn, which I found pretty funny because they hated Anne Boleyn for, like, ever, like, while she was alive. But whenever she was dead, they were like, okay, you've gone too far, Henry VIII. Well, <laughs> you know, it also didn't help that he put up all these charges against her. He didn't just kill Anne Boleyn. He killed like six dudes. And then 11 days later, marries somebody else. It was like, okay, you're not even trying to pretend it wasn't about you just wanting to put your wives aside. Exactly. You just want you dead. <laughs> you killed all these people just so you can marry the next one. Like, yeah. And people were getting kind of done with uh, his reign of terror. Yeah. So Henry had created his own church to give him all these divorces and executions, uh, all the little executions his heart could handle. <laughs> um, he was so over this these Catholics and their mass. Ugh. 
Their relationship is over, officially. When you're a dick like Henry, once you split from the church, what do you do? Start shutting all the Catholic shit down. That's what you do, because you're a big old bitch. <laughs> yeah. So, in 1535, um, Henry starts to close the monasteries. The thing is, like, monasteries back then, we call it the dissolution of the monasteries is what this phase of... But it wasn't just monasteries. It was all religious houses. So, yeah. like, nunneries, yes. convents. And these have been such a huge part in people's lives. Not only did monasteries, you know, house monks or nuns or whatever, they helped poor people in the community. Yeah, they were houses of charity. And they were places that, like, poor people could go to get basic educations and stuff, too. Yeah. But there were some crooked... Yeah, what I was reading is that, like, in London, the monasteries in London were a little more crooked. Mm. They would only give about 5% of their income back to, you know, the community. Um, So, you know, closing the monasteries in London may have been something where people are like, okay, they're kind of crooked. But the further and further you move north and the more rural it gets, the more these monasteries are placed for, like, travelers to stop on, like, a trip halfway to, like... Have a place to eat. Have a place to eat and stay. Yeah. These places are, like, life-saving places. And I'm sure that there were... Because at first, Henry didn't just, like, pop up and say... We've split from the Catholic Church. Okay, we're closing all the religious houses. Mm-hmm. It took a minute, and what it was was, like, these monasteries. Also, you know, like, people would make these huge donations to these monasteries because they would say that, you know, they have, oh, I've got John the Baptist tooth here, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, holy artifacts or whatever. And so people would pay a lot of money to them, donate, and, you know, monasteries also would have, like, huge golden crosses and stuff that was worth a lot of money. Well, monasteries would also have, like, farms and they would do sheep herding so they had they income would, they would have income but not only that they would give that food and the wool and mm-hmm. the stuff back to the community especially in these northern monasteries again not so much in london but way more the more north you go yeah they would actually contribute to the economy and contribute to they would provide jobs for people yeah they would provide exactly. income for people and the thing with all that income is that henry's treasury is zip yeah, and he, he needs some money. He needs some money. And where and do you go? Church. <laughs> and everybody knows he needs money. So for him just to be like kind of out of nowhere, suddenly like, oh, well, all the monasteries are crooked. I'm going to launch an investigation. And he did send out people to like investigate the monasteries, know mm-hmm. whether they were like, and there were a few they didn't shut down, mm-hmm. I guess because they needed to like hold up that this was legit, like their um, investigations into the monasteries. But, like, at the end of the day, he was not closing the monasteries over theological disagreements. No. He wanted to take all of their relics and expensive artifacts and um, take all of their income and put it into the treasury that he had fucking blown. Yep. Can I go? I want to go off on on a little tangent real quick. So, Henry VIII's dad, Henry VII, was a penny pincher. To, to say the least, like he didn't spend any money on unnecessary wars. He didn't spend any money on big um, over the top weddings or funerals or coronations or anything like that. And whenever he died, when Henry VII died, he had left England with such a surplus. And so this is only like 40 something, not even, I, I guess this is like 20 years later and Henry VIII has spent. Blown it all. All that money. And I'm not saying he should have been quite a tight ass like his dad, but 
he was going off on vanity wars with France that had no point. There was no point to do them. He was throwing all this, like spending so much money, divorcing a wife, you know, it was just like, if he would have just been a little bit, not such a fucking douchebag. <laughs> this asking, whole thing. That is wanna... asking too much of him, Katie. You are asking way too much of Henry VIII. Anyway, I, went, I just get so mad thinking about some of the shit that he did. Yeah, it's Aside awful. from his wives. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's way more. But in 1536, like we said, him and his homeboy, Cromwell, decided to order the official dissolution of the monasteries. So not only is he closing the monasteries, he's also closing your priories and friaries and convents. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> priories and friaries and I can't, that's too hard to say too fast. No more sister act for England, goddammit. Oh. They're done. Henry's taking all their income, all their relics, all of their assets, and keeping it for the crown. Stealing from Jesus sounds like a pretty shitty PR move for me. <laughs> Dude, his PR was was in the need of some help. Yeah. To say I mean, the least. Uh, now you're, like, not only did you separate from the Church of England, but now you're pissing off everybody who's Catholic Yeah. to the Well, they're not allowed degree. to be Catholic anymore, but they're also not allowed to be Protestant. <laughs> so they're in this weird... Your limo. Church of England! Okay. <laughs> or I'll cut your fucking head off. So, on a perfectly lovely day in September, the King's commissioners arrive at Hexham ha- Abbey to remove the monks, and y'all, <laughs> the gates were locked and barricaded. Hell no, we won't go. Then, up on a roof, a monk appears dressed up in armor, bitch. This monk got crunk. <laughs> he starts telling the King's commissioners that monk he- Monk got crunk. <laughs> yes. I love it. Man, this monk got crunk. So he starts telling the king's commissioner, he's like, bitch, we're staying locked up in here and I have 20 other of my brothers and they are armed and dangerous and they're not going down without a fucking fight. That's a pretty bold move. Yeah. For 20 fucking people to like stand up the king. Whoa. Whoa. Monks on top of that. Monks yeah. Monks got crunk. Monks uh, got crunk. Bitch, they had guns and cannons, you know, maybe a cannon or two. They weren't playing. The commissioners then send word to Cromwell that these monks, these monks have gone wild. (laughs) (laughs) But they continue to march to Lincolnshire and announce this church liquidation cell. They're like, (laughs) all the churches are getting liquidated. So this uprising starts in Lincolnshire. Yes. But it wasn't called the Pilgrimage of Grace yet. It was just um, the monks gone crunk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The monk gone crunk wild. Yeah. Yeah. That was... um, I believe yield monk gone crunk <laughs> textbooks look it up guys um but the pilgrimage of grace like the part that's the actual big uprising that's more famous took place in york yes. but i think it's interesting that it's like um it was all of the north of england it started in lincolnshire and they had such it's also important to remember so i mean england's not a huge country but like all the laws and everything are created in London. These people that live up in um, Yorkshire, like that, unless they're dukes or something that like work for the crown, they're never going to London. Mm-hmm. And the agriculture, the people, even down to like the people's accents and way of speaking is so, they may as well be a different country. Yeah. They're, they're just very, and I feel like even today, like at my job sometimes, you know, I have to talk to people that live in different, like different countries. Like I call their airports because my job is with travel and stuff. And when I call the London airport, it is so hard to get somebody that like wants to talk to me for more than five minutes. One, they're busy because it's, London Heathrow is a huge fucking airport. But two, they're just, they just 
and I'm sure this is not true for everybody in England, so don't at me if um, you don't find this true, but this has just been my experience. When I call the Manchester airport, which is more in North England, like, they're just like, oh, and how's your day? How's your mom doing? You know, like, <laughs> they're just more laid back, easygoing. So it was even more so back then because they didn't communicate with people in the, you know, if you lived in Yorkshire, born in Yorkshire, you're probably going to die in Yorkshire and you're going to live there your whole life without ever talking to somebody from London, maybe. Yeah. So they're also feeling like they're not being represented up in Lincolnshire when this is first starting. Yes, touche. Yeah, I feel like London would be akin to New York City. Definitely. In terms of, like, the mentality. And then you would have somewhere like Yorkshire, which is, like, where we're from. (laughs) Things move at a slower pace. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, on October 1st in Lincolnshire, after an even song, a monk named Nicholas Melton starts mouthing off about the policies of the king. Mouthy Melton. Mm, Mouthy Melton. They made very clear that they were not protesting the king, but they were protesting that he was taking their relics and closing their fucking churches, which is a valid goddamn argument. Which is such... A common thing that we see in all history, like anytime someone's trying to like go against the establishment, they never say that they're protesting the king. Mm-hmm. They say we're protesting your advisors. We're protesting the policies that you're yeah. putting forward. We love the king, but we don't. Like but all the rest of the shit's pretty light. Well, I mean, to be honest, and qu- other queens that we've covered, they go after the queen sometimes. Yeah, and that's one of the people that they go after. You know, they, Cause, they're cause, going after anybody but the king. Because if you go after the king, you're going to get your head cut off. It's treason. <laughs> Light treason. Just some light treason. So this little spiel that Malvi Melton goes on gathers a huge fucking crowd. Um, like 20,000 fucking people. Yeah. Like, this is not just some and this little quinceanera. This is like this is rural major. area. So people are coming out of the woodwork. Like, people are coming from, like, traveling to, yes. like, hear him, like, talk because they're pissed off. Yeah, and this massive crowd of people starts marching to Lincoln, and it gathers a total of 40,000 people in all. And this mob captures the cathedral in Lincoln, where they start making all of these demands. They want to have free worship. They want to continue to do so in peace. And, oh yeah, all those expensive bedazzled crosses, give them the fuck back. I want my cross. (laughs) I want my bedazzled crosses, damn it. So, horny-ass Henry gets word and sends the mob a mass text like, Bitches, <laughs> you better get y'all shit together or I'm gonna send an army to kill you. And the mob was like, uh, cool, cool, Okay, cool. cool, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> I think I hear my cows calling. Back uh, to the farm oh, my lift is here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so, the leaders of this uprising, um, after this is done, all the leaders of this Lincolnshire uprising were executed. Well, I think also, we, I don't know... If you read this as well, I believe one of, like, the angry mob kills one of Cromwell's guys. Like, oh, yes. One of I, Cro- did, I did put that in here. One of, one of Cromwell's guys that was there just, like, doing what Cromwell and the king told him to do. They, like, took the papers out of his hands and, like, tore it up. And then they beat the guy to death. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking brutal. So those guys were all, like, hung, quartered, drawn, whatever. All of the bad things that happened all- in executions. <laughs> We've already gone through that, I think, in one of our episodes. One time I was um, a little bit hungover, and we were in London, and we were doing a walking tour. And they um, explained to us, like, what hung, drawn, and quartered meant Mm -hmm. in detail. And um, (laughs) my stomach, I wasn't, like, super hungover, but you know how, like, sometimes when you drank the night before, your stomach, you don't need... Probably the worst thing you could do is hear a detailed explanation of hung, drawn, and quarters. killed, yeah, yeah. And I was just, it's not pleasant. Yeah, at all. At all. Um, maybe that's, I mean, obviously it's execution. 
What it's, it's, not, it's not supposed to be <laughs> It's pleasant. not supposed to be pleasant. It's, it's supposed to be like a warning to people, this is why you don't go against the king. Yes. And so this is what was dubbed the Lincolnshire Rising. I think I said Uprising before, but it's the Lincolnshire Rising. So this is a precursor okay. to the Pilgrimage of Grace. Yes. The reason I wanted to delve into the Lincolnshire thing is it's, because... Well, that's what got here, the... Here, that's, here, the here that's the spark that lit the flame. Yes. Yeah. And it kind of gets more characters involved in this story. Yeah. So... This little spat might have been over, but people are still pissed off about what's going on. Well, yeah, you've taken you've taken like a thousand years of tradition and just thrown it out the window. Yeah, (laughs) probably more than a thousand too. Oh no, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's probably about a thousand. Yeah, but that's still a lot of long ass time. Yeah, (laughs) it's as long as any of these people can remember. They've been told this is how you get to heaven. This is how you get to heaven. This is what you got to do. And now the king's being like, nope, you don't get to do that. Yeah, big deal. So there's still some people that are protesting. There's still some people that are disgruntled with the king, if you will. <laughs> so there's a gaggle of rabbles. And they're gaggle on the, of rabbles. Yeah. yeah. And they're on the prowl, acting like fucking dickheads. And right now the economy sucks like big ass balls mm-hmm. and uh these guys are out you know robbing people and kidnapping yeah. and like doing bad shit yeah you know, like looting and shit. it's it's not it's not very graceful well they're mad as hell and they're just not going to take it yeah. anymore yeah they capture a lawyer named robert ask and who he was on his way to london and robbie starts asking them questions and thinks you know these guys that kidnapped me they have some really good points, like yeah. stealing the king's crosses and kicking monks out of monasteries. I think Robert Ask, did you ever see the how he was portrayed on the Tudors? No. On the TV show? Obviously, don't take the Tudors. Don't use it for like it's not historical. historical fact. But the way that they portrayed him on there and like the more that I researched him for this, I feel like they portrayed him in, very well mm-hmm. on that show. He just seems like a sensible guy who's mm-hmm. just like... You know what? This is fucked up. And yeah. he and he is somebody that lives in the north that does go south, that does go to London, um, who has um, a decent standing in the community. And so he's just really like, I think I can help these people. Yeah, and he's a he's a lawyer, mm-hmm. so he's very so, well versed. Yeah, he's very intelligent. He knows how to speak. He's like, okay, y'all are just an angry mob right now. Let me give you some. Intelligent words to you. And the rebels are like, cool, this Robbie guy has got some good shit to say. Maybe we should use him. So the rebels end up asking Robbie if he would like to lead their cause. And Robbie is totally down to stick it to the man on this one. Yeah. Um, I could just see him, like, going home, though, and, like, weighing out... Like I see him Should as the, I do this? I this see him is... the type of person that makes like a pros and cons list. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Like yeah. totally. He's making his list to make he's making his a list. list. Checking, checking it, it twice. twice. Gonna check if it's treason or not. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Ask is coming to London. <laughs> we talked about this last night. <laughs> For some reason, Katie sings the most on this podcast. I am not the more musical one of the I two am, of I, us. I am the singer of the group. And Katie is the one that sings the most in this podcast. Robert Ask is coming. Anyway. <laughs> so Robbie is a great spokesman. He's he's able to like go around and like recruit people. Yeah, because people and, trust him. There's just something yes. about him that people are like, this guy is saying what I want to say, but he's saying it in a way that more people can understand. Exactly. But at the same point, it's not really that hard to make a speech about how Henry VIII is being a douche. 
Like <laughs> how Henry VIII's advisors are being douches. Because it's not the king. It's not the king. It's the king. It's Cromwell. <laughs> they, it's kind of weird though, because like they were all kind of up in arms, being like, "Well, Cromwell is so lowborn. Mm-hmm. Why is he advising the king?" And it's kind of like, "Y'all got pitchforks. Like, what? <laughs> Where's your room to talk?" <laughs> So basically, these people that got recruited, quote-unquote, really didn't need much recruiting. They already had it in their head that the king was a bad guy. They just needed somebody that could speak well and lead a group to say that, and that is Robbie Ask. Um, So Rob moves this mob right on into Yorkshire. The Rob mob? The Rob mob! Oh my god, the monks got crunk and Rob got his mob. Yep. The idea is that they're they're going to use this army of like nine thousand guys to get these monks back to their monasteries. So literally, <laughs> this isn't like some ingenious idea. Like literally, the idea is just, hey, we got like nine thousand fucking guys. Let's just walk right back to the monasteries and say, bitch, move out. Yeah, <laughs> we're putting these we're, monks back in. We're putting the monks back in. Go. <laughs> so, um, I guess in sixteenth century England, this is like hella fucking strategy like because <laughs> it worked yeah like the king had just moved in these random ass tenants that just lived there i don't know why he gave them the monastery or they but like whenever they like, an army of nine thousand guys are like move out they're like okay, okay. <laughs> we're gone i heard y'all killed that other guy so, so yeah rob after they take over this monastery he makes a speech there in front of a crowd declaring their pilgrimage and and this leaves the nobility that's around in the, the town surrounding him, they're like, holy fucking shit. Like, what are we supposed to do? We they're don't want to get... shaking in the boots. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the nobility, like, the dukes and stuff of that area, I mean, you don't want to get killed by the angry mob, it's, but you also don't want your boss, the king, who you do have to see and deal with. It's almost like it's a populist slash socialist movement, like, where there's just a group of normal people taking to the streets. Yeah. And so the nobility, they're like, yeah, these are the people that would fight in our army if we had to Oh, totally. Fight. Yeah, like if... And now they're trying to fight us. Yeah. So we might not win this. So the nobility is like weighing their options going, these are the people that were supposed to fight for us and now they're going to turn against us. Yeah, because if the king was like, say he needed to go to war to France again for no reason, that's what he does. He like goes to the dukes and the barons and the lords and is like muster me up an army mm-hmm. and yeah and it's like well these people are gonna deflect yeah they're gonna fight against us yeah <laughs> so there was one noble named thomas darcy and he emails the king and he's like yo these troops um we don't have enough troops to fight these guys uh, <laughs> these troops are our troops yeah we don't have enough people we to don't fight have any that. other troops those were all our troops. And of course, King Henry, being the giant dick he is, now sees Thomas Darcy as a traitor. He is totally like, oh, he's joined the cause. And he's, he's like, he's like, now. no, I just don't know what, I don't, I thought I was doing the right thing, telling you what was going on. And there's great debate amongst historians of whether Darcy was actually a traitor or, and he really was in cahoots with these rebels, or if he really was loyal to the king oh. and just got dragged into it. What do you think? Um, I think that he was in on the deal. Okay. I honestly think, in my opinion, but it is very plausible that he got uh, dragged into it. So you think that, you think he was in on it and was just telling the king he wasn't? Like, you think he was sympathetic? You think he was sympathetic to the cause? He was sympathetic and he was trying to cover his own ass so that he didn't have to, like, 
formally denounce the king, you know, because that could be problematic. Um, but <laughs> I think that he was sympathetic towards the cause and was like, you know what, this is a really good excuse because I have thousands of people marching on my doors. You know, I can yeah. say, I have no choice in the matter. Yeah. This is just happening and I'm getting caught up in this and I don't know what to do. What happened to that guy? Or are you going to tell me later in the story? Yeah, it's coming later okay. later in the story. Okay. So Rob and his mob moved to Pontefract Castle, which just so happens to be where Thomas Darcy is just tucked away. Rob starves out Darcy, who's just sitting there shaking in his little baby, like baby boots in a castle. Like he's just like, oh my God. His little Caligulas. <laughs> his little Caligulas. <laughs> little boots. Eventually, anybody that is a noble person is sheltering in the castle, but they end up surrendering because... Because <laughs> 9,000 people. Yeah, you're kind of... 9,000 people against like 10. Like, yeah. And not only do they surrender, but they end up taking an oath to join the cause of the rebels. This is why I think Thomas Darcy was actually in on it. Yeah. Because he made all of the people in the castle that were like, oh, but we're loyal to King Henry VIII. Like, just fucking sign it. Just sign this oath to say that you're with the rebels. Like, sign the is, thing. This is one of the reasons why I think that yeah. he was in on it. Not only does all, like, not only does all of these people join, Darcy joins and the Archbishop of York joins. Like, there's a lot yeah. of really powerful people that join the cause of the rebels. Again, another reason why I think Darcy's in on Question. Yes. Archbishop is a Catholic person that... It would be a former archbishop. Like, but he still has got some kind of title or something. Because archbishops... Archbishops are right below cardinals, right? Mm. And so they all report to the Pope. So I, I'm just... And yeah, I don't... I have no idea. At us, if y'all want to tell us, like, what happened to all the people who were archbishops? Did they get, like, a different kind of title and still, like, were powerful? Or were they completely stripped? I would think that if you made a deal with the king, you would probably be okay, but yeah. otherwise you're probably driven Interesting. out. Interesting. That's a rabbit hole for another time. Okay, so like we said, there's speculation that Darcy and the Archbishop were really rebel sympathizers. So maybe Henry's just paranoid, but maybe his paranoia is justified. Maybe yeah. these people are really turning against you. So it's like, he's already fucking psycho crazy, and now there's... Psycho crazy! Kiss could say. Okay, okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Katie singing again. <laughs> Got a song in my heart, Nathan. So, Robbie even offered Darcy to take over the rebel cause for him. Oh. I mean, that would be. I mean, but uh, Darcy, of course, fucking refuses because he's like, bitch. Oh, no, that's I'm definitely going to get killed. Yeah, I'm definitely going to die. Um, but Darcy did end up lending Rob some of his soldiers. So mm. he had soldiers and was like, OK, well, I have a couple thousand. Here you go. Yeah. And he also uh, Darcy also had some fancy ass flags made for him. And that became the symbol of the pilgrimage of grace. And it's the. Um, I remember this from the Tudors and like going down a rabbit hole when I watched that show. It's a flag with, is it the six places where Christ had like wounds whenever he was hung on the five five. places. Um, It's a bleeding heart over a chalice surrounded by five. Like the hands, the feet. And and the head. No, didn't he get like stabbed in the side or something? Look at me. Know the Bible. Katie, I just really I'm so love. Proud of you. I just really love Jesus Christ Superstar. So <laughs> drama. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jeff. Box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. So Rob and his mob have some power behind them now. So he sends word to Henry asking him. They they have corporate backing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Factual. Um, So he sends a word to Henry and says, hey, yo, you should take Parliament and move them up north so that we could have a little meeting, a little. And you know what? It makes sense. Like for a country like. If there's an uprising in the north, bring the king to the north to meet with the people. Yeah. Well, also like to have a separate Parliament in the north of England and the south of England, because like they feel, especially at this time in history, they feel like two different countries anyway. So the people in the north aren't feeling like they're being represented. So maybe this would have presented prevented all of this. Drama. It wouldn't have even been that much more of a financial drain to have two parliaments. No, no, because literally just bring the people that are part of parliament to that other. Henry takes this the way that you think he would. He's fucking pissed. <laughs> Not listening to anything besides just seeing rage. Yeah, he thinks that they're trying to overthrow him. Is basically what it boils and down to. And it's not to. at all. They're not and at all trying to overthrow him. And it's not at all because him. they're being again. They're like, we don't hate you. We hate your. We just want our monasteries. <laughs> and Rob genuinely isn't trying to overthrow Henry. He's just trying to get rid of Cromwell. Yeah, like that's really all it is. Oh yeah, and that whole kicking people out of their churches, like put yeah, them back in there, please. Yeah. Um, Henry demands. He's like, uh, mm, 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 not cool with this. Nah. And then he ends up demanding that they hand the monks over to him. And then Henry's advisors have to tell him, uh, yeah, bro, we, you can't do that. That's not gonna go down cool. <laughs> We're kind of outnumbered, and you're gonna like literally hand over the guys that they're fighting for. Yeah. Like, because that's really what I see the Pilgrimage of Grace as. It's like a bunch of homeless monks and everybody's fighting for them to get back to their home. Yeah. <laughs> that's literally what this is. So I do not blame Jane Seymour for being like, dude, just fucking pardon them. Yeah. They're just a bunch of homeless monks that just want to be back home. Show them, <laughs> show them mercy. And he's like, I'll kill you like I killed my last wife. Yeah. Henry gets a great idea. So he summons Thomas Howard, you know, the uncle of Anne Boleyn and asshole uncle of Anne Boleyn and that Catherine Howard threw her under the bus. He's the Duke of Norfolk. Very good um, politician. Well, yeah, yeah. Very the, good at spinning things in his direction. He must be if his niece 
that he put in front of the king has been beheaded, but he's still in, in power. He's still like looked by the king like as a useful person and like a powerful person. He must be a damn good politician. Yeah, I would compare him to like a Lord Varys. Like he's somebody that knows everything about everybody okay. and is just very in the know. But way more powerful but like way on paper on than pa- Lord Varys. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> Henry knows that at the end of the day he can't beat this mob with just like brute strength. Yeah. And Thomas is a guy that everybody that is a rebel, they they would trust. They feel like they would be able to trust him mm-hmm. because he's kind of a seems like he could be somewhat of a sympathizer because his niece just got beheaded. Um, But they don't know him. (laughs) They don't know him like we do. So Tom summons up a few of the leaders of the rebels, including Thomas Darcy, and they start negotiating. And Tom basically, or, okay, Howard, Tom Howard, Mm. tells them and is like, okay, you need to hand over Robbie. Mm -hmm. Like, Robbie has got to go yeah like he is the leader of this mob so he needs to go maybe if you hand him over the king will be nice to you yeah after that. and the rebels say fuck you no yeah not handing him over but then sneaky tom is like okay kind of figured this was gonna happen so let's go to plan b so he tells the king how about you pardon all of these northerners that way it kind of eases some of the tension so that if you pardon them, they're more likely to hand over these leaders because they're free. They're pardoned. Yeah, they think, It doesn't matter yeah. what happens in this situation. They're good to go. They and he's like, out. hmm, I did just threaten to murder my wife for suggesting the same thing in front of a full group of people, but now that you put it that way... <laughs> And, and doing this would end up breaking up the mob because they would see this as a kind of surrender from the king yeah. saying like, okay, I I'm willing you. to work with y'all. I'm willing to work with you. And Henry ended up granting a quote unquote pardon mm-hmm. to all of the rebels. And then when he did that, the armies ended up dispersing and they just all kind of dissipated and were like, okay, well, okay, yeah. seems like the king is good with us now. And he's, we won. To listen. We won. We Woo! got him to listen. So Henry calls up Rob at this point and asks him if he wants to spend Christmas with him. And, he's and Rob like, is like, Christmas with the king? This is going to be bomb as shit. Girl, be right there. I would be flattered as fuck. Yeah. If the king of anything. And I just, <laughs> Rob asks, just comes off as such like an earnest person. Yeah, that He doesn't suspect anything. anything. You are he's just like right. He's just like, the king has, because I think some people told him, Maybe you shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, the king has given his word. Yeah. Why would I have any reason to doubt that the king's not going to hold up his word? He's the fucking king, guys. Come on. And history is like, because it's Henry the You're crazy. Henry the Run away. But at the time, he's just like, it's the king. Nothing can go if, wrong. If he said he's going to do what he's going to, he's going to do what he said. You know, like. But Henry is playing that political game that Tom... Howard probably was like, okay, oh this is yes, what we have to Thomas do. Howard is a sneaky bitch, and I'm sneaky snake, sneaky snake. <laughs> and Henry knows, you know, he goes and he greets Rob, and then he greets Rob, and he starts asking. He's like, "I'll do anything for you, Rob. Whatever you want done, I'll do anything for yeah. you." And Rob falls into this trap. And he asks Henry, he's like, well, just get rid of Cromwell. Yeah. That's all I want. Just get rid of him and we're good. And then Henry's like, okay, okay, I, 
I'll think about that. That sounds like a really good idea. Let me talk to some people. And- Let me talk to Cromwell about that. And- <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Get right well, back to you. He, he may have not said that to Rob. But, uh, <laughs> this just happens to be one issue, though. One of the rebels' former leaders was really skeptical of Henry. Like you were saying earlier, he was probably one of the guys that was like, don't fucking go to Christmas with Henry. Yeah. He's a fucking psycho. Stay here. He's too lazy to come get you. Don't go to him. Yeah, and this guy's name was Francis Big Bigode. Bigod? Bigod. Bigode? Bigode. By God. <laughs> Frankie B. It is so, not like by God. By God. Francis by God. <laughs> so Francis by God totally <laughs> didn't believe that Henry was gonna just like fire his right hand man, Thomas Cromwell. So No, he's gonna have him executed in like three years. It, but, <laughs> but but neither here nor there. <laughs> this is Henry the Age we're talking about. Francis ends up launching his own little small revolt of like nine hundred people. <laughs> it's like good try, guy. But yeah. he's still like, no, this is wrong. This is not this is not good. And Henry ends up calling up Rob and Tommy Darcy and he's like, Hey, you remember your old friend Francie B? He has gone off the rails. He has gone off the rails, by God. <laughs> Somebody needs to stop him. And they, Robbie and Tommy Darcy, are like, okay. Yeah. We'll do it. Because they think the king is about to, like, give he's them like, everything they want. The king has turned a new leaf. He's listening to them now. Yeah. He's y'all stop with this rebellion. It's treason now that the king has said, you know, he's going to give us what they want. And they both jump on this opportunity. I mean, they want to serve the king. And they just don't want to, like... Lose their foundation of their lives. No, they want Cromwell <laughs> gone. Yeah. And they want their monks back in the fucking church. Yeah. They don't like their policies. So, obviously, they crush this rebellion of 900 people. Yes. <laughs> that's not that That's much. not that many people. Um, so, poor Franny. Um, Rob and Tom Darcy are riding back to London to report to Henry the great news of just killing these 900 people. And when they arrive, obviously, they're expecting Henry to be like, Welcome home. Here I am with open arms. And he's playing Queen's Champions. We are the champions, my friend. But instead, it's lock them up. Lock them up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally, he locks them up in the Tower of London right when they get back from this squashing this rebellion. What a shitty welcome. I know. Like, you just that's squashed, a long ride. And you also. just squashed a rebellion for the king and come back and he's and he's ju- And up. he's just like... I'll give you Anne Boleyn's room in the Tower of London. <laughs> oh, thanks. Actually, no. I'm pretty sure they had. No, Anne Boleyn had a nice room. They probably had, like, shitty little dungeon cells. But both Tom Darcy and Robbie will face trial for their crimes, which, you know, in Queen's podcast land, if you've listened long enough, you know a trial is a little shoddy, it's to a, say the least. It <laughs> is. I love the phrase kangaroo court, because it's so stupid, just like these trials for people that were definitely going to get yeah. killed anyway. It doesn't matter even if they're 100% but it was, innocent, which these guys, in my opinion, are 100% innocent. It, <laughs> it was an absolute kangaroo court, which just makes me think... Of a kangaroo with a gavel. (laughs) (laughs) And one of those silly wigs on. And he has to have his little baby in his pouch. And he's got his joey in the pouch. With a little wig on. And the joey also has a wig and a gavel. (laughs) Anyway. So there's a rumor that Tom Darcy actually almost got off for his crimes. After all, he, like we said, could play the... Oh, I just... I, the mob, I got swept away with the... <laughs> I tried to tell them no, but they stormed my castle. 
You know, that whole card. (laughs) It's heavily speculated that Thomas Cromwell had learned about Darcy's cries to have him removed, so he ended up lobbying to have Darcy convicted. Well, like, they say by this point in King Henry's um, rule, like, he, the last person to talk to him was going to be the way that he went. Mm -hmm. Like, he just couldn't make up his mind for himself because he was just so full of rage and mead. (laughs) And no sons. And um, <laughs> You're killing me, no dude. sperm left. So, like, yeah, I could totally see him being like, somebody came and was like, hey, maybe you should, should show mercy to Darcy. He did, you know, give you a heads up, blah, blah, blah. But then Thomas Cromwell just coming in and being like, "I the decision comes out in 30 minutes. Let me tell you what I think. And Henry going, you know what? You make a good point, too. And, like, yep. going with him, yeah. Basically, Cromwell convinced the king and everyone around the king that if he pardoned Darcy, that would put them all at risk because it would Darcy set a precedence. Could, yeah, yeah, and then Darcy could fund another re- rebellion, and yeah. you know, well, guess what? This fucking worked. Yeah, Darcy was convicted of treason, and he was executed at Tower Hill, and his head was proudly displayed over the London Bridge. What? Fucking crazy. I am so... Oh, no. Oh, no. This is not the crazy part. Oh, no, no. I know. I'm just saying... I meant more like, what a crazy tradition. Because they did that all the time. People that were Mm -hmm. uh, executed for treason. And it's just another reason I'm happy to live in the future. Because we don't get beheaded and our heads don't get displayed on the one. I mean, there's still like... Bridges falling down. Because it's got so many heads lining (laughs) in the walls. Um, Heavy bridge. All those heads. That is a very heavy bridge. (laughs) It's a very heavy bridge, guys. Anyway. So if things didn't go so well for Darcy, <laughs> bitch, they're Who's like really, part of the nobility. They're really gonna suck for Robbie. Oh. They're really gonna suck. So obviously he was convicted of treason and Henry really went all out on this execution. I feel so bad for this guy. I know. Because he like legit like was telling people, like, no, the king is gonna do what he said. Why, what could the king possibly gain from lying to us? And which makes me think he really believed, he was a man that really believed in his convictions. Yeah. Because he just earnestly thought, like, why would the king do anything to hurt me if he told me he agreed with me, you know? Yep. So Henry schedules the execution to take place in Yorkshire where the whole revolt started. So that the people can see him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being like, oh, you sympathize with him? Now he did. He did. Um, Rob was going to be hung, drawn, and quartered. Yay! Yay! But instead, before he was dragged through the streets to Clifford's Tower, he stood on the scaffold and he literally begged for his forgiveness. And then, if that's not enough, he was hanged to the brink of death. They revived him, cut his balls off, disemboweled him, beheaded him, and then quartered him. That's a little that, bit extra. So that's interesting because I didn't read that. I read that he was hung in chains, which means they wrap you your body up like in chains, so it's heavier. Oh. But then also instead of a rope, it's a chain, so you it doesn't like strangle you as quickly. Oh. So I didn't read. I didn't read that he was hung, I, drawn, and quartered. I read that. And huh. I read that he was like, but they did that. It was basically just emasculating the body after they. Oh no! That, oh no! That's what. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's was, what they usually did. Hung. They hang you until you're nearly dead, and then wake you up. That's part of hung, drawn, and quartered. Yeah. Like, um, so I wonder which one is correct, because both sound. Because <laughs> I read that it took um, with um, him being in chains. 
and being hung on a chain instead of a rope, it took him like three hours to die. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, so they're both bad. Yeah. Not being both. executed is horrible. And then, <laughs> um, I mean, they went on to like just slaughter the people in Yorkshire. Yeah. It did not. Stop and that's another there. thing in the Tudors that, um, I mean, the Tudor series is what made me interested in wanting to research the Pilgrimage of Grace because, like, they they have this scene. Henry sends his dudes up north to execute the uprising, like, the people that were taking pl- part in the uprising. And they just are, like, hanging all these men from, like, 50 men at, at one go. And it's just, like, all these women and their children just begging and begging. And they, uh-huh. and, but, like, that's really what happened. They went through and they were just, because they were like, no, we're going to pardon all of y'all. We forgive all y'all. Actually, here we are with your leader. We're going to kill him. And we're we got all y'all's him. names. And like that's exactly what they did. He turned his back on the people. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. So obviously, the dissolution of the monasteries <laughs> went on as <laughs> And Cromwell had not only succeeded, uh, but he did some major damage to Henry's reputation at this point. Yeah, like at this point, this pilgrimage of grace was a major stain on Henry VIII's. Uh, you mean uh, after? <laughs> you mean after putting aside everyone's beloved queen and then murdering the next one? Yeah, this is another thing that actually impacted the people. Though. Yes, yes. Like this is something that wasn't like drama with rich people. It was like actual. My my neighbor Tom got hung up in chains and or tr- drawn and quartered. So all the church land was seized and given to the crown and its supporters, and England would forever at this point be a Protestant nation, minus the whole Mary thing for yeah. like two years, but. <laughs> Yeah, that was just a blip on yeah. the screen. Yeah. Um, Henry had squashed a Catholic rebellion, effectively sealing the deal for the English church, so he was good. No, no, we all know the end of this story. <sighs> <sighs> He's gone down as the shithole of the century, of the millennia. Of the, the... <laughs> the ch- <laughs> Cheers to that, Katie. To the all Pilgrimage right. of Grace. <laughs> to um, pouring one out for my homies in the Pilgrimage of Grace over here. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.